heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The one thing you have to say about uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, okay, is he has fought the good fight, really. Sometimes I wonder what sort of support he has behind him. But I think in the state of Florida, he has quite a bit support, actually. I don't know in regards to the rest of the country how many people buy into a lot of his uh, his beliefs. And, it, well, I, you know, my sense with DeSantis is, in many ways, he's trying to bring America back to uh, its senses, maybe, or back to a different day, you know, back to yesteryear somewhere. I'm talking about the way he went after the whole woke thing, the way he went after uh, the um, uh, Disney, for sure. That was that was a landmark moment. I mean, you just don't see that, people, where a politician has the, uh, the gumption uh, to go after, uh, you know, uh, a Goliath like that, you know? It's, that's not commonplace, really. And we started to see that here, and a lot of people thought in Florida that he was out of his mind uh, to do that. Obviously, they were a big revenue producer there in the state as well, but he fought the fought, I have to tell you. He also has fought the fought with these drag queens and, you know, the, the kids and all of, all of this stems from a culture of, well, you know, uh, a culture of maybe a morality, uh, having some sort of morality, I guess. Uh, we seem to be lost, people, when it comes to these kinds of decisions. I, I think it's the crumbling we can all sense of our nation. Uh, and, you know, some of the stuff, it it scares me a bit that we even have to have the conversation. You know, really, though, I don't know about you, but like, like, are we really even talking about this? Is this something that really requires that? But it does in today's world. There's a lot of this going on here. I want to talk about this U.S. Supreme Court that blocked Florida's law uh, protecting children from sexually explicit drag shows. This gets a little edgy, actually, and there's a lot to this here. So let me welcome you into the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And uh, listen, we are seeing the crumbling, what I call the cultural wars, And, you know, frequently enough, the cultural wars are a trending topic quite quite a bit, quite often on America Out Loud. It's a it's a topic that probably most of our people are very passionate about uh, because that is the crumbling of society. And when you have the crumbling of society like we're talking about, it really becomes the crumbling of law and order. It becomes the crumbling of a civilized society in all kinds of ways. Uh, and there's a lot that comes from that, people. So this is not the kind of conversation you want to, you know, turn the channel on and ignore. I think a lot of people are ignoring a lot of these things and not paying attention. But there's, I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm saying there's a lot of ramifications from these kinds of things and acts. So the Supreme Court blocked this law. This was a law that DeSantis had put, put into place, SB 1438. 
in most always these kinds of things, you're going to get the opposing people come out of the woodwork. And of course, the ACLU is famous for this. I mean, they're, they're just real scum, I hear to tell you. And there are a lot of groups like this and organizations that will go after and they start to sue everybody to try to reverse these things. Uh, it's what happens in a society uh, that we have here. And that's not a bad thing. That That is that is our, uh, or, or it should be, our destination as Americans. That is a privilege and a right we are, uh, we want to protect, actually, you know, so we can uh, protest and contest things we don't like, uh, that we don't agree with, whatever it may be. But that always happens on things like this. But then you shake your head and you wonder, who's, who's protesting that? Like, what is their... They, what's their ulterior motive here? I mean, why do they see things a little differently? So this SB 1438, it criminalize, uh, uh, it criminalizes allowing children now to witness lewd live performances. All right. These are defined as any kind of live performances that uh, simulates or uh, uh, depicts, if you will, nudity. Uh, sexual conduct, uh, sexual excitement, all kinds of sexual activities, lewd conduct, lewd exposure, you, you know, imitation genit genitals, breast, etc. You get the picture here. Okay. So the Supreme Court, they, they, uh, uh, they, they block this. Now it seems like uh, a no brainer people. I mean, and I, I wonder, and I, I start to wonder why that is, why they block this sort of thing from happening. Well, it came back to free speech. They rate this as free speech. But, I mean, where are the fine line on free speech? And what about, but we're talking to kids here. Why didn't they stop, like, R-rated and X-rated movies? Why did they stop the kids? Why didn't, I mean, I mean, I know that was a different day. Uh, in our country, right? But why was that all? There was a rating system put together that prevented the little ones that still exist today, that you can't take them to see, you know, let alone an R-rated film, an X-rated film, or any of it. You can't do it. Even the PG, remember, parental guidance, right? And they had other ratings they picked up. But I wonder why that wasn't contested, why they didn't fight that, actually. I, I don't. I don't know why. Uh, possibly maybe because there was a little more morality back then. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I don't really know. But, you know, that's part of what I speak about all the time is the erosion of these values of our country. It's just like the fact people listen. It's just like the fact I've started reading and following all these states that are legalizing drugs. And, you know, it's it's become the thing. I mean, it's not quite national yet. Now, there are countries out there that have done that, but I, it's not too long down the road. I'm sure they'll be doing that, uh, which always happens to these kinds of things. They over-legislate and they build a big government in that way. That's why I always cringe when we're talking about government institutions, more government, more agencies, more overseeing things, overlooking things. I kind of prefer to see things happen from the private sector, the private side, private groups or organizations, I have better trust in than I do the feds, the federal government. I just think it's a big runaway train. And the more hands and more cookie jars they're involved in, the more problems we're going to have. The, the, the more we lose control 
of this republic, friends, uh, to be sure here. Uh, now, this, um, this whole discussion about this, what I'm really trying to understand, so the, the SCOTUS ruling comes after the federal district court sided with the Orlando drag bar, Hamburger Mary's, uh, claimed that the law violates their First Amendment right to free speech, uh, and they claim that their business that the business is hurting from the law, and so that that's the context of this. How is it hurting from the law by preventing young minds to be corrupted with this illicit garbage? And why should kids be seeing all this? Right? Uh, I, I think that is uh, the question, and I'm just looking here at some of this here and. You, you know, this is why we're having a lot of the troubles today. I think we're having. Uh, it's it's become sinful what's going on out there. And, you know, and I, I, I hear these stories and I'm thinking to myself and I always have to pinch myself sometimes and think, you know, I'm not becoming some like some stick in the mud, am I? I mean, I can't imagine Malcolm out loud. It becomes, I mean, so where's the stick in the mud the point of view? And where's there? Listen, I just want to live in a civilized society where things are, where, you know, Things are good. Things are equal. Things are opportunity is equal, not things being equal, just opportunity being equal. I'm good with that, but I don't like the end result being equal. You see, there's a difference of that. That's lost in today's world, to be sure. You know what I'm talking about. But why is it that those of us who are trying to hang on to those values and some sort of morality in in our lives uh, you, you know, we are perceived sometimes. We are, we appear to be in the minority for sure. And it's scary. It's scary. When you look at this with the Supreme Court, why is that? Steve, I got to ask you right out. Why did the Supreme Court do? I mean, I get the whole free speech conversation. I get, I get that. But what's this, what's their, and looking at the legal language, I mean, what's their real conviction back? Is that, is as simple as that? Just that, no matter what, and like when you compare to the ratings, like I say, that was a why didn't somebody knock that down? Why why don't they do it here? Uh, it's a tough one, Malcolm. It really is because uh, you know the the purpose of government is simply to protect us from evil, from harm. It's supposed to protect innocent people and punish guilty people. But uh, that line of innocent versus guilty is highly obscured. If we cannot agree on some form of presuppositions about what is right and what is wrong, and that is the very problem that we have in our country today is that we have lost our way as far as morality. We don't even have a moral compass any longer that we can agree upon, whereas you know, in the 60s, yeah, taking a child to an R-rated movie, excuse me, nobody would even think of doing that. Uh, but nowadays, look at what we have for parents. We have parents who are worse than children. We have teachers who are worse than the kids in school when it comes to misbehaving. Right. And, uh, it, you know, it, it becomes a big problem. And so with what is the Supreme Court doing here? Are they trying to protect our free speech? Um, and, and if so, I ask the question, well, why in the hell are they not protecting my free speech 
when we have been subjected to all this yeah, censorship yeah. about everything else. It does know? seem like free speech is protected just for the one side. Yeah. And right. We, we lose, we lose. It seems to be in a lot of areas these days, but it's like the we whole do. drug, it's like the whole drug scene, Steve. It's the same thing. It's like they have a right to get high, get lit, get in and get out on the road and kill you, but you don't have a right do you? You know? Oh, exactly right. Yeah. I mean, but by the way, here uh, this is important. What I've discovered here as well. Uh, I looked up the um, DeSantis and their office, and the and uh, the the DeSantis office the spokesperson says this. Let me read you this statement, Steve. This is kind of important to this end, and it's kind of what I thought was the case because I, I, I think when it comes to these kinds of things, I still got to believe that the Supreme Court hasn't totally lost their marbles. Uh, here's what the DeSantis spokespeople are saying, and, and I quote their words here. While we are disappointed in this particular ruling, the Supreme Court did not opine on the merits of our law, protecting children from sexualized adult live performances. There it is right there. That's the statement it says. And this is kind of what I thought was the case, Steve. And it goes on to say, this case is still pending appeal at the 11th Circuit. And we expect this law to be upheld on the merits. So you see what happens a lot, and this happens an awful lot. They don't rule on the merits. You know what? You know what's happening here. They They rule on some other part of this. Uh, something that wasn't filed right, something that wasn't done right, a T wasn't crossed, an I dotted, whatever, right? Kind of thing. You know? Right. So often the courts are about procedure, not exactly. about right or wrong, not about justice. And that's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, what do we do about it? Well, that's a tough call because uh, we have to consider all things, including the science. You know, if, when you look at the science of a child, being sexually aroused and awakened at, a, at an age prior to puberty, uh, things really go awry in the brain and these kids suffer with imbalance uh, for the rest of their lives. And, right. that, and that's just called following the science, you know, it the is. best science. Of it is. There, but I want to drill down more into this thing. Now, I'm very curious with the Supreme Court, Steve, because I got to listen, listen, I'm, I'm actually feeling better as we dive into this a little bit more because, you know, back to what you we talk about all the time, some level of morality in our country. I mean, you have to sometimes think, have we all lost our collective minds or there, is there anybody left sane in the room? I mean, you feel that way, don't you, at times, you know? You question that, right? Oh, all the time. All right. The time. I mean, we do think that way. And I'm sure listeners feel the same way. But listen to this. Um Okay, I like this sentence here. When DeSantis signed the law, uh, they, they, the quote that here they reference is, as the world goes mad, <laughs> Florida represents a refuge of sanity uh, and a, a citadel of normalcy. What do you say to that, buddy? Not bad. Uh, not bad, not bad. But is it bo representing uh, both sides? Uh, do we have mutual agreement on the right and left of, on that statement? Oh, I would say not. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I would right, say not. Right, exactly. So I mean, this is know, why they fight these things, because they don't have it. No, I, I think you bring up a point. But yeah, let me just. Um, I'm trying to see what else. I wanted to see what else the Supreme Court. The Protection of Children Access, the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation may fine, suspend, or revoke the license of any public lodge and establishment or public food service establishment if 
the establishment admits a child to an adult live performance. That was all built into the law. That And, you know, this is the one thing I really dig about DeSantis. I have to, in full confession, put that out there, is he fights the good fight no matter what. I really like him as a person. I like. I just, you know, and I, I do support him as a very successful governor and, and as a potentially a very future president. I hope he didn't hurt his brand too much this time around. I just felt his timing wasn't right this time, Steve. And that's the only reason, you know, I don't know. How how do you feel about it? Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, The question of whether or not he's hurt himself in the future. um, Do you think uh, he did? Well, I think potentially he could have harmed himself uh, in some ways only because uh, of who he has aligned with. He's shown some degree of compromise uh, with his donors and so forth. So I don't know. I mean, but I agree with you. I think he has fought the good fight in some really strong ways, like you said, taking on Disney. And with this issue right here, I mean, how does this differ from saying minors are not allowed in a drinking establishment because they will violate that law? You know, we have to have some laws that govern like uh, let me ask you this question can you take a kid you can't take a kid into one of these uh nudie bars can you no um i don't think so or can no, you no i don't think I so mean, exactly right no but um oh. but but maybe that's full nudity or who knows what i mean it's oh. things have gotten so so awry that it's hard to de- decide what is right what's wrong what can i get away with because they're pushing the limit yeah, All the yeah. Time. you know, I have to tell you something. You're going to laugh at me, but perhaps, uh, and I've never said this uh, out there in public, you know, but I have never been in one of those bars, Steve. I've uh, one of those nudie bars, or they call them titty bars or nudie bars, whatever they got. I've never been in one of my yeah. life. Have you? Yeah, you know, Malcolm, I actually was. I, I cool. was enlisted in the Air Force. We had just finished up our training down in Biloxi, Mississippi, and our okay. instructor took us out to celebrate. We were just graduating, right. took right. us out, and lo and behold, we go into one of these nude bars, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I was very uncomfortable with it. I didn't expect it. And uh, you know what I did? I started speaking French, and I had <laughs> they knew we were GIs, and they said, oh, this guy's you know from Canada or France or whatever I said. And uh, it was funny, the reaction I got. They were not happy, but... Um, Bonjour, monsieur. Know, comment allez-vous? Très bien, monsieur. Vous. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, and it was something, you know, I I was just 18 by a few months, uh, maybe yeah. 18 and a half Had you ever been old. back in one since? No, I haven't. No, no, I no, haven't. no, no. I mean, I don't know why I asked you that, but uh, yeah, I've never been in one. Uh, I, I don't know. The situation never came up. I mean, uh, you know, kind of thing to get in there. But again, I never did drugs or any of that either. So as some people would say, my golly, you've lived, lived a sheltered life. I don't know. You know, I, I really, you know what it is, Steve, I, for me, I don't have a lot of interest in that. I like, I've never had an interest in drugs personally, and I've never had an interest in the exploitation of women. Well, I think that's a very good thing, Malcolm. It's something that should be taught um, to all kids, showing respect to women. Treat every every woman you see, she is uh, the child of a, a parent or two parents and has siblings. That could be my sister. And I had three sisters. And there were times when I actually took on guys who I thought were treating my sisters very poorly and um, never hesitated a bit. And that was because I was taught that. 
Yeah, we yeah. have to have some sense of right and wrong. And if that's not being taught at home, uh, then when you go into something like one of the, like you said, a strip joint or going into Hamburger Mary's where they are promoting everything unwholesome. I mean, if you think about it, mm. premarital sex, uh, sex between women and women, men and men. I mean, the Bible just says that is wrong. That is absolutely an atrocity it goes against the design of our creation i mean i could get really technical on this getting into the medicine of it you know the genitals are are made to match up male and female anything else if you really get into thinking about the act of sex between uh male and male it's like it's disgusting you know from every viewpoint it is not natural and people are afraid to say that because oh you know we're going to be called all the names in the book you know yeah, for, for yeah. just stating I love, an obvious I love, truth i love having you uh as a, also as a medical doctor and as uh I love having you uh, around to talk about some of these things. And I get the same advantage. And, and uh, really, truthfully, uh, Steve, when I talk to uh, Peter McCullough, Dr. McCullough, uh, he feels the same way you do. And so when he, he always wants to like he doesn't he really dis, despises all this transgender stuff and from a medical standpoint. He he unleashes, uh, you know, he unleashes the truth there, whether you want it or not. And he just speaks out against it and doesn't like any part of it and often wants to follow that. And they're doing some pretty grotesque in that field, you know. In the oh, yeah. If you look at the medical harms that are, are caused from this, let alone ju- just the physical harm. And then there's the t- tremendous psychological harm. I mean, I could tell you story upon story of ugliness that results from what I absolutely will call an abnormal sex act or an abnormal sexual relationship. It, it's backed by science that this is unhealthy living. Well, and not only is it backed by science, but it's backed by God. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the first thing. You know, if God created us and we believe that there was a first uh, designer, someone who created us male and female in the beginning. It's like, if we ignore that, we are going to pay a price. There's just no two ways. You know, maybe what if I, you know, I don't know why this comes to mind. All right. I got to put this out there. So what if uh, maybe if it was going to be different back to what I said, when I referenced God a moment ago, Steve, I guess if he really thought we were all going to be interchangeable. All right. Maybe he would have given a human being, both a vagina and a penis. What do you think? Yeah, right. Well, we have. Well, I'm just asking. I mean, then you could have either one. You could like, um, you know, I don't then I guess it would be more back to morality or legal or still disgusting the way we think it as you. Well, come on now. We think of it in a certain way as human beings. But if that was the lay of the land and that's the way a human being was designed, Steve, you you and I wouldn't think we wouldn't know anything different. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there would be no harm in that case if it were normal. He would have designed us that way, is my point, Steve. Yeah, that's exactly right, Malcolm. I but he didn't. Yeah. If we all had those parts, what I'm saying is they would be interchangeable then and perfectly legal and probably not so disgusting. Right. And, you know, some people would say, oh, well, you know, you're disgusted because you are so narrow minded. You are homophobic and all this stuff. And I would say to that is, look, look, I've I've seen these kids who have been se- sexually abused 
Um, and it is not pretty at all. They're never normal. They are in a struggle for their lives. Uh, I'm not saying they cannot overcome, but it takes a great amount of counseling and the right kind of counseling and retraining the brain because they have the brains have been short-circuited totally. when a young child is sexually awakened prior to the times that the hormones kick in. It, yeah. it has a very devastating effect. You know, I, I put all that all out there, but then I have to follow up and say this, Steve, that, and I, I we're talking about the children and the, the youth in most of this conversation here, but frankly, you know, listen, listen, listen. I mean, two consented adults, whether they're male, female, whatever, that wish to do what they wish to do, and they both uh, are in that uh, mindset of whatever it is, I don't really consider that my business and I have to be straight with you, Steve, or my problem or my, I don't really give it a second thought. Frankly, I don't, I, but I believe that's between them and their faith and their morality and their God and whatever it is, it, you know, it, does that make sense? Well, it does, but I have a little different perspective. Tell on me, that, tell me. I thought you uh, might. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this, you know, God says to love your neighbor as yourself. Ultimately, if they're truly, if the Bible is true and God says there will be a day of judgment and we will either be forgiven because of God's grace and our faith in Jesus Christ, then we are saved. Those who practice sexual immorality, the, the Bible just flat says, if you do it in an arrogant way, in other words, you're not ashamed of it, you're not working on anything, and this could apply to any sin, uh, alcoholism, drugs, physical abuse, you're beating your wife, you're tormenting your kids, whatever it is, if you're proud of that, that is rebellion against God, and you are going to pay a price for that, and according to the Bible, for all eternity. And so when these people it, just doing their own thing, yeah, we could say, oh, you know, that's their business, but if you care enough about them, and especially about their eternal life, um, and you believe that there is something called a heaven and a hell, as the Bible teaches, then mm -hmm. I have to concern myself with that and say, you know what, there's something better for you. Um, you want deliverance from them because when they are living that lifestyle, I assure you, even in the here and now, they're paying a price. They are not happy people. They are not stable. They have been beat up in life, but in childhood through various abuses, this does not normally happen. It happens yeah. from broken homes, broken hearts, and uh, you know, all the vile things that they're exposed to in life. Yeah. I hear everything you just said, and I was going to make the comment that you almost sound like a uh, like a minister, like an ordained minister or a pastor. Then I remember, I think you are, Steve. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't yes, think I don't know if everybody knows that, but right, that's. Yeah, and my training uh, both in, in Bible college and then later in seminary was simply in uh, Bible interpretation, hermeneutics. And so, you know, m making the Bible say what the Lord wanted to say is a joy of mine. I'm preaching actually right now. Uh, I have been doing that for oh, almost six months, I think, or something like that. And um, and I have no greater joy. I mean, as much as I love medicine, uh, I love a study of God's word even more because I find that there's a great overlap with physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. And so I incorporate it all. Wow. Man, that's, that's cool, the way you put it out there and the way you were able to study all of that. As I often reference, you, 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 you um, are the exception in the fact that I always uh, say that you, you know, some would be happy to do one of those things 
And it's like multiple successes or multiple lives you have as an, as an individual. And what you've achieved, I think, is uh, remarkable. Yeah, it just comes back to this quandary of judging or not judging. I get the point of what you say about doing uh, our fellow man and reaching out to our fellow man. But oftentimes our fellow man doesn't want your advice. He want you to reach out, Steve. That's true. And there's a time, uh, kind of like we were talking about yesterday, how do we engage the left? You know, well, mm-hmm. well, you want to engage them with uh, with gentleness, with sen- sensitivity, with patience. But at the same time, there comes a point in time where, look, t- time is short here. I mean, even in America, we've got some business to attend to. And there's such a thing as, okay, let's shake the dust off our feet and move on yeah. and find those people that want to hear something good, want something better of the their lives. Yeah. If they're satisfied with the, the filth and the decay in their lives, well, okay, you've made yeah. your choice. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. There's a lot to the conversation here, obviously, but it all plays into uh, what I talk about a lot and uh, the cultural wars. A lot of this fits into the, it's a, it's a catch all that really catches a lot of these conversations, the cultural wars. Um, I, I want to circle one point before we, because there's some other big things I want to talk to you on, in this uh, sphere of conversation. But before on this point, Steve, um, the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, so when they blocked that Florida law with the access to the drag shows and the kids and the sexuality, that's what we're talking about here, friends. If you're just joining us uh, and you missed the first part of the conversation. Um, so the. Uh, There was a point to this that uh, the Supreme Court did say it violated the First Amendment free speech rights. Now, that's how it went down. So the first inclination of why we talked, why we said we really want to talk about this was accurate, Steve. It it did. It doesn't. From what I see here, it does not look like a a T crossed or an I dotted kind of thing. And by the way, to add some more context to that. Uh, the conservative Supreme Court justices, Clarence Thomas, who you can typically count on, uh, Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch, dissented in that ruling, by the way. They dissented and they said they believed the law uh, should have been allowed. You see, so there you go. There you go. And the others thought differently. Now, why the others thought differently? Uh, you had other conservatives in there, obviously, including Kavanaugh. Uh, who thought differently. So why do you think that is? Yeah, I think the reason is because uh, Justice Thomas, uh, Clarence Thomas, he understands, for example, that the intent of the law, the Constitution, is to simply protect innocent human life. And if there's going to be harm done because of free speech, then that free speech ought to be limited somehow in such a way that it does not do harm to an innocent victim. And I think that's the big issue. That's why we we regulate morality, uh, as you mentioned, for example, with the R and X rated movies. No, uh, below this age, you cannot expose yourself to that. Your parents cannot expose you to it because we absolutely know that is detrimental, that is harmful. It will ultimately affect the individual and society and therefore the nation at large. And it is doing that, exactly doing that. And so this is not dead dead in the water, is the news here, the SB 1438. And, you know, this rating system we have with the movies, which we used as an example here, Steve, the rated R, the rated X. I mean, now, when you look at something as simple as this, you know, you almost have to question, and I did question that in the opening remarks, like, 
how did that really stand the test of time? And you almost think somebody might pull that out of the, the back closet somewhere and dust that off and fight that and put a ruling against that as they've done with other things. I guess it's possible, but it's possible, but is it necessary? I mean, look at the new no. Disney movies where they have all this perverse sexuality. There's and all a lot of more of that movies. happened in the Disney movies. Correct. Is that correct? I'm hearing more right, and more about right. that. And, yeah. and how are they rated? Well, they're sure not rated RX, I'll say that. You know, Disney, I got to tell you, uh, Disney has already gone to hell in a handbag, Steve. I'm not impressed. No, I'm ready for them to fold, uh, close for good. I think Walt Disney himself would say the same thing if he were around today. He says, okay, if that's what it's become, get rid of it. it is yeah, I'm sad. Good. I'm really sad about Disney, man. Um, I, I wouldn't go to their parks again or do any of their stuff, their crap, uh, their movies. Their, I just look at them. When I see the Disney name now today, uh, the word crap comes to my mind. It's just total crap. And uh, it is. I don't it like is. the garbage they're selling anymore. And and we all took our kids there. We participated in some of the earlier movies that were took. You, you remember the classic Jungle Book? Jungle Book, you oh, know? Yeah. Yes. I like those movies, Steve. I liked it, you know? Oh, they were awesome. They were wonderful. Some of them, you know, yeah. it, it, you could get some hardcore Christians who think that they are justified in saying, well, you know, there was some bad stuff here or there. There was some spiritual stuff with witches, the witch and the warlock or, or that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It was done in such a way that it was fantasy. It was make-believe. And yeah, you could argue both ways, but at least it did well, not have the blatant, obvious evil intent yeah, yeah. That, that the present-day Disney... Well, they lie about... They, they Listen, they complain about everything today. They complain about Pinocchio, I am sure, that with his nose grown or some damn thing, wouldn't they? Probably, I guess. Oh, you know? sure, sure. You know, and right. they... they in fact, there was, in fact, my daughter uh, who's in college now was telling me the other day uh, and my wife something about um, the uh, the plays, the witch play there. Uh, forget the name of it. If it escapes me. But they're changing. Uh, they're changing a lot of that or even the uh, maybe it was the Wizard of Oz or even that they're changing. I, I guess they're going back into the vault and they're changing some of these old flicks and some of these other things and making a more. um I guess probably more cultural rot. Uh, yeah, more more cultic, more morally yeah. decadent in every way. I, yeah, yeah, they want to add the trans components and all of the components. And now, you know, I said, D and I always uh, chuckle when, uh, in a bad way, uh, in a sarcastic way, I might add to you, you cannot, and I really mean what I say next, I... I you know, you might be able to prove me otherwise, people. But if you go watch a current movie today, I'm talking about something that's just being released, a current movie or a current, uh, uh, well, anything like that, actually. You pretty, you're, it's hard. It's let me put, let me word it this way, so I'm not uh, out of out of whack here. But you you would be hard pressed is the best better way I would say because I, I nothing's a hundred percent, but you'd be hard pressed to find a, a current movie being released today that doesn't reference or show. Uh, two lesbians or two queers, two gay or something going on, whatever they could, you know, you would be hard pressed to find one that escapes the visual of that. Um, almost they all exclusively in some capacity have that part of the scene. It's do you see that as well, Steve? Almost always. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you do find an, an exception, um, mm -hmm. then it's a real popular movie. Uh, we find uh Oh, there's just not a lot of it out there anymore. I mean, no, uh, there's not. No, they are absolutely the exception to the rule. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you just see, we look at each other all the time and we, our eyes roll and it's like, because they, you know, the thing about it is 
they want to jam their stuff down your throat. It's what, you know, it's, I, again, I, I'm not here to judge everybody. I, I fall a little bit, a little more different than you probably, Steve, in the way that I, I just think people got to make their decisions and they're going to be judged in the ultimate point of God and their relationship of whatever decisions they made in their life. It's not me to judge, frankly. That's the way I look at it. That's the way. Same thing with abortion. I don't, I don't uh, uh, like it. I don't acknowledge it. Uh, as, as I reference all the time, but this is, uh, somebody that, you know, you have, they have done, uh, you have to come to terms with it and you are going to be judged accordingly for that. You know, I had, uh, Alveda King on a few weeks ago, about a couple, three weeks ago. And do you know, she had an abortion in her life. You do. I don't know if you know that, Steve, do you know, she had, no, I didn't know. know that. Yeah. And she talks about it openly, uh, as a, as a lesson of life, as going through a hard time. And obviously repented from all that and and those sins and have used it as a teaching moment now for the world, right? I mean, that's you can you can do that. You can move on from absolutely. That, that's the best. That's the best we can do with the, our failures. And, and yeah, that's a wonderful thing to do to say I learned from my mistake. Hopefully, you can learn from me without making the same mistake. Yeah, yeah, she's done that in a very very um, a good way. And I always love her authenticity. I love having mm-hmm. Elvita on. She's one of my favorite people to have on here, frankly. Um, I just, and you know, she's one of the people that, she's a busy person. Last time I had her on, she was at Mar-a-Lago. Um, had just stepped out of the room from talking to Donald Trump at some function that it was there. And always takes the time to talk to our audience and gives me, uh, um, how do you say, um, preferential treatment, I guess, uh, Steve. I, I, I guess uh, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? You know? It's nice. It's it's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, she does that. that. Yeah, she does it all yeah. the time. No matter when I call her, I I you know send her a message or call her, and I say, hey, I, I really like to have you on here. She says, okay, let's do it. She said, now what time can you do? And she'll work the time out. No matter what she's got going that next morning, she's always got a million things going. Which is why sometimes with if you all hear her on air. You'll hear maybe voices in the background because she's at an event. <laughs> she's in a car traveling, and she always takes. That 15 uh, minutes or so or 20 minutes, I'm trying to get her on here to make a point. Or, and I love to have her on. And I'll have her on again probably uh, coming into the Christmas season because I just – she's one of my favorite people. I just love her um, – I love her I love her compassion. I love her love for life. I love her faith. Uh, I love her position on these things. And I just, I just adore her. And uh, I'm anxious to be in her company at some point soon. And we've talked about it, she and I have, about coming together and uh, doing so. I mean, so anyway, we have a lot of mutual respect and admiration uh, for each other. But she's one of my favorite people. Um, such a joy. I like people like that. Uh, evangelist, and I love saying that, evangelist Alveda King. There's something about the evangelist, you know, that uh, has a, surely a great ring to it. Um, so anyways, uh, I digress just a moment here, friends. Uh, let me uh, wish you as well a, a great uh, a season here of given and uh, a season of respite, hopefully, for you as well uh, as we do come into the season here. Um, we, we've been through some tough times together here in the last few years, friends. So I, I encourage you to uh, renew yourself coming into the new year. This is a fabulous opportunity uh, to not only give thanks, but to renew your your mind, your soul, your spirituality, your thoughts, your life, your business, your profession, your person, uh, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. Step back at this time of life. I do it every year. 
the rate coming into November, December, my favorite time of the year, uh, for the purpose of the renewal. I love the renewal of a new year. I love the opportunity that we get to do it all over again, God willing, and maybe this time we'll get it right. That's what I convinced myself of coming into a new year. How do you like that, Chuck? And I'm, I can hear you chuckling now out there, you know? Okay, but, you know, that's the way it is. That's the way I look at this time of year as I come into a new year. I look at it as a great opportunity to get it right. And I, I say that to myself all the time. And so I look at it as being real creative and, you know, new ideas, new thoughts. And, of course, just like we're doing now with America Out Loud that I want to share with you, uh, I, you know, my philosophy is different. A lot of people, their philosophy in life is if it ain't broke, don't break it. I have never in my life subscribed to that philosophy, friends. I am what they call a weirdo, uh, an oddball or a screwball or whatever you want to call me. But I, I certainly subscribe to that. I'm different in that way that I always uh, went to the axiom, if it ain't broke, break it. You know, that was always my message. And, and that's where I felt innovation was. And uh, as a visionary, I was able to see things that I felt other people could not see because I was willing to go there. And so I don't rest on my laurels. I don't rest. I'm not a complacent kind of fellow. I'm, in fact, I'm very restless. You can visualize me with ADD or ADH or DD, can't you? I mean, I am very restless in life and, uh, and not, not so much in that way. I don't mean to make fun of that or anything, but I'm talking about in the bigger picture of life and wanting to accomplish as much. I want, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to pack as much into this life as I possibly can. You know, does that make sense? You know, I want, I want to squeeze out every ounce of joy, passion and hurt and sorrow and feelings. And I, I want every bit of that I can feel right up to the last breath. You know, it's like there it is. Just like a great juice, a squeeze of uh, fresh squeeze orange juice, which I love, by the way. Uh, but uh, just like that, drinking the orange juice and just I want to squeeze out everything out of that in life that I possibly can. Right. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I look at this. I hope you'll do the same for yourself anyways. We're doing that, by the way, at AmericaOutLoud.News. Uh, so December 23rd at midnight, uh, we the website will will go. When I say go dark, it means that there'll be a, a face uh, page there. There'll be a holder and there'll be links and other information there for you all. But uh, we're given our, our entire team of writers and hosts that full week uh, of mind of respite as well as ourselves. But our team over here on the technical side are busy creating a whole new platform and a whole new uh, platform idea, a, a paradise of truth and freedom and liberty and justice for all. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're jumping the bar up again. That's what we're doing. Jumping the bar up again. And uh, so we'll do that, and we're going to be, uh, we'll turn the lights back on, get a load of this, January 1st, 2024. Mark that in your calendar right now for me, will you please? Noontime, noontime, January 1st, 2024. And come visit us then and see the new digs and see what you think. And let us know what you think at that point, but it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I can prom promise you that. Going to raise the whole thing up again here. So that's what's going on there. Uh, we'll be running Christmas Classics the 23rd, 24th, and 25th that weekend. Christmas is on a Monday. We'll be running the Christmas Classics of Music. Uh, some of the great old hems and other things here on the network. We get a lot of compliments on that every single year we've been doing it. It's become part of our history, I guess you'd call it now. But I've always done that. I, I, you know, I just feel it's the right thing to do, at least for those couple of days. And we'll be doing it for three days over the weekend there. So you can turn it on as you're shopping or other things. And, and people listen. <laughs> there are times where you turn and look at the analytics. They're as high then as they are with some of the programming. So people listen. They come in and listen. They love those classics. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, I'm serious. 
even some of our best shows, we don't really lose any body count there. People are tuned in and they want to hear it. They want to hear it and the joy of the season. And uh, so we'll do that on those three days. And then that week between Christmas and New Year's, we'll run best of and then come back and on talk radio now, of course, and then come back with a whole new agenda. Oh, we got a lot of cool stuff we're going to be talking about in the new year. So uh, stay close by and we'll we'll discuss all of that. Make sure you visit AmericaOutloud.shop and take a look at all the great products. There's some cool stuff happening on that side of things, especially to keep us all healthy. Um, people have little, a lot of, a lot of still problems out there uh, from the COVID stuff and flus and RSV and the fall and the cold weather coming in. And then there's people are concerned with this China virus or whatever's going on out there as well. So be careful of that, of course. We'll take a quick pause. We'll join you just in a moment. Uh, you're listening to The Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Well, 
Welcome back into the Voice of the Nation. It here. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud. Privilege to be with you always, my fellow Americans. Thank you for joining us on the mission here. And again, to all of our friends around the world. We have great followers throughout the world, and we love you. Uh, we love the community, the community of this uh, great planet Earth that God has gifted us with, and uh, the planet we are on now, and in this magnificent country we are, as America shines a light of liberty. Uh, and we got to get back to that liberty and justice for all. Uh, we've been uh, falling a little short on that in past days, weeks, and months. Uh, it's called the good fight. It's called the good fight. And we are uh, having to make that good fight count these days. Um, a lot of the problems we're having today, my fellow Americans, come back to just plain old decency, comes back to plain old honesty, morality. It's uh, making the right, it's putting right where wrong is. It's putting justice where injustice is. Right now, America has lost its way in that capacity. Uh, when you see what's happened to our justice at the highest level of the Department of Justice, at the highest level of government agencies and the highest level of these things, I am sad to report to you that we have lost our way. And that brings to when you lose your way, you get the crumbling of society is what happens with all these things. So we have to get out there with a megaphone and teach a higher order. Uh, not to be sticks in the mud, but we can still be cool dudes and what have you, but we need to be speaking. And what makes you cool? Cool means respecting people, respecting their rights and their privileges and respecting people and not... Uh, as we were talking about earlier with some of the sexuality going on with the kids and stuff and the, the Florida law, if you just joined us and you missed that at the top of the program there in the Supreme Court, of course, that's not done yet, that SB 1438, but that's only one state as well, keep in mind. You still have a lot more states out there as well uh, in, a, in a country here to save as well. Uh, so not, let's, let's not lose sight of that. But with all of the things we're talking about here, and when you talk about all the problems we're having that we engage in day in and day out and the decision-making process, and you think of the criminal intent and you think of the rising crime, somebody was telling me the other day was talking about the rising crime in the country. They're very, very concerned. I said, yes, there's every reason to be concerned. It's, it's out of control. And in, especially in areas that we were referencing and up in Washington, D.C., is totally crime-ridden. Uh, in Virginia, some of the big cities in Virginia, Colorado, having a lot of problems. But this legalizing of drugs as well as not helping matters out, uh, legalizing of, of marijuana, and there's even talk about legalizing or trying to legalizing hard other drugs. Um, Steve, do you hear anything about that in regards to uh, legalizing these other drugs? I, I've heard reports over time they, that, that there's been movements or conversation of doing that. Is that a... Is that a um, uh, is, is, is that is that fight still in front of us or is that uh, something you hear much about? Uh, Malcolm, that actually is a reality. It is true. It has already happened. Um, I just moved out of Oregon uh, not that long ago, just a little over a year ago. And in, that's a communist state now, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. In the 2022 elect election, uh, now they said that the people voted in authorized the legalization of cocaine, methamphetamine, uh, the magic mushrooms, hallucinogenic mushrooms, as well as marijuana. Now, I personally believe 
that it was not really voted in. They, they have no semblance of any type of uh, integrity in elections in Oregon. We know that it is a full blown communist state, as you said. Mm-hmm. But no, it's real. They, they have legalized it. You cannot put someone into prison uh, for possession of heroin, cocaine, meth. It's, it just doesn't exist in Oregon. You have now the legal right to possess that stuff and use it. They have no hope, and therefore they just want to make their brains numb. And I believe that is happening in America. Steve, this point about marijuana, I want to ask you a straight-out question I don't know the answer to, but I hear both schools of thought. Some people say that it's perfectly harmless and it does nothing. And, of course, the CBD component is the medical component that is always talked about, and people you know, discuss that on various levels as well. Um, but then I hear other reports that it is doing irreparable damage to your brain, uh, long-term harm. Which is it? Um, well, you know, Malcolm, I would encourage people, if they want to check it out, go to the government SAMHSA website, and they can actually look at the uh, the risk of marijuana for themselves. SAMHSA is uh, the Substance Abuse and um, Mental Health Services Administration. So they list on their the specific harms associated with marijuana. And of course, in my addiction practice, I saw it and everybody, you know, seems to think that, oh, marijuana is a safe and harmless right. drug. There's no problem with using it. That isn't a lie. It's a blatant lie. Okay. So well, that's what they the say, addict, though. That's what I hear. But you're saying it's not accurate. OK, no, it's it's another it's just like the, the so-called covid vaccines. It's another safe and effective <laughs> cannabis is not a safe wow. drug, and especially when inhaled. And of course, that we have cannabinoid receptors throughout the whole body. It does cross the blood barrier. Right, what about the CBD component, please? Talk to me on that. Is that? Yeah. So first of all, CBD cannabidiol uh, is supposedly something that that does not pure CBD does not have THC, which is the hallucin right. or not hallucinogenic, but you know the mind altering substance. Uh, people won't get high on CBD. Uh, they claim specifically that it is useful p- for for pain management, and uh, and to some extent there's truth in that. But there is uh, an adjustment to it. Or we call tachyphylaxis, where you get used to it and then it becomes ineffective. So it's still addictive. So, it can still be addictive. You mean the CBD? Oh yes. In fact, um, under 18 years old kids that smoke marijuana, okay. one in six of those kids will become addicted. I didn't know that. Both physically and psychologically to marijuana. And of course, marijuana now is not what it was in the 60s. It's much more potent. And right? much more prone to to be causing hallucinations yeah. and other psychiatric uh, disorders. So I can see where why people take it to get rid of their fears and their pain, because it gives them an alternate universe to go to. That isn't real, but it, it, they're allowed to escape from the BS. Right. That's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly right. And that's why the government wants them on it, too. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Keep well, I wonder keep about them. that. What, what's their motive? Sure. Right. Well, keep them quiet, sedated, drugged, you know, because, uh, you know, one of the big side effects, uh, the long term side effects uh, and short term with marijuana use is the motivational syndrome. They just don't care. They're not motivated to do anything. Nothing's going to bother them. And that's exactly what our government wants us to be. That's the place they want us. I believe it. I believe it. Now, when you say CBD, is CBD still considered? Do you still use the word marijuana for that? Or is that the wrong word for CBD? Well, it's in the class of marijuana. There are several types of cannabis and 
CBD. Or is cannabis the better word for it from a medical standpoint? Because I I don't see the doctor coming out CBD and saying, hey, have some marijuana, uh, whatever. I, you know. Right. Well, you know, cannabis sativa, you know, you can buy it anywhere right now. They initially pushed it for medicinal, but now it's like, hey, come on, get your stuff here, you know, before the weekend so you can have your high. And the truth is, you never really know what you're getting in these places. It is not FDA regulated. And of course, the FDA, can you trust them anyway? But the point is, when you say you're buying CBD, you're going to get some amount of THC in there as well. Which brings me to another question. Uh, Can, and I don't know this, can fentanyl be part of that equation? Could that be mixed in? Oh, it can be mixed in. And uh, I saw that in my addiction practice uh, very, very commonly where, yes, fentanyl could be added. Well, because that's killing fentanyl. people, Steve. That's why I asked, uh, right? The oh, fentanyl. it's horrible. Right. Yes, it's, it is horrible. That, that's it's, a, yeah, it's a national tragedy what's happening now in the country right now with fentanyl. Uh, so you're saying, I, I understand that could be mixed in with this. So that could be lethal then. Somebody could be le- If you don't get it from, I guess what I'm saying is if you don't get it from the proper source or the right source or something goes wrong, I guess it could be lethal, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it could kill you. Um, so you, the truth is, you just never know what you're getting, you know, um, unless you're growing it yourself. But even then, you're you're trusting someone with saying, okay, this is going to produce this amount of CBD, this amount of THC, and so forth. And the problem is, the truth is, it's a mind-altering drug. And I've seen that effect. The most effective for pain medicine is the rub-on oils of CBD, but they are effective for no more than three months, and then they become placebo uh, for for nearly everybody. Okay. Okay. Very, very much. Well, I learned a few things about it. I've never, like I said, never tried it. People say, uh, you know, the, the thing about me is people many times over throughout my life, Steve, they thought I was on drugs, but I never was. Isn't that the truth, huh? <laughs> that well, that's is, good. Hey, hey, Malcolm, if you let me just throw this in uh, for those people that think they can smoke it long term, right. uh, a couple of real big things besides a motivational syndrome is that uh, marijuana suppresses the dominant sex hormones, and so females t- develop a male habitus over time. Males develop a female habitus because it wow. suppresses either testosterone or estrogen. So I got males in the sixties you know, from the 60s that smoked a lot of marijuana, they have fully developed female breasts and uh, they are effeminate. And likewise for the females, wow. they take on more masculine habitus. Isn't uh, that interesting? Uh, maybe that maybe that was the start of the whole sexual revolution, uh, Steve. Well, just, it could just... play into it. Certainly it could play into it. I don't know. It. I wonder because... Plays- yeah. yeah, definitely plays into the uh, effeminization of, yeah. of our society, of men particularly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just shared something I had no idea of, but it makes perfect sense right there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this quote. I love this quote from John Adams, which plays to a lot of the conversation we had today, my fellow Americans. And it's this. Think about this, please. Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people, faith people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Think about that with the United States Constitution and the origins of uh, where our framers uh, envisioned and what this country was all about, America. Hmm. Makes you think, doesn't it? And it talks about the, uh, from there we can bridge into a lot of the conversation we had today about the morality of our nation and the crumbling of of a civilized society and all the things that we're struggling with now, which bring on rampant crime criminal aspect and crime running rampant and uh, homelessness and a 
societal less respect for thy fellow man. And from there, all kinds of problems uh, are pursued. Sadly, I say to you, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.